Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. Great to see everybody. I I love the the breakout room. I did know a couple people in there, but a few people I didn't know. So it's always great to, to meet and talk to folks. And we had a great discussion about lots of different things. Um, so, uh, and, and, and also, by the way, thank you for everybody who landed on the CS100 and the top 25 and your participation and your votes. This is a, that is a community driven uh, award. We have, we coordinate it, we organize it. We have nothing to do with how things landed. It was all based on the community and our judges. So thank you to the community. Thank you to our judges. Thank you to everybody who, who is on there. Keep on doing what you do to land on those types of lists. Right, that, that list is all about being out there, being present, having a voice, contributing to the community. Uh, and that is something that we have, been, um, we have been focused on since we launched Success Hacker nearly six years ago. Uh, it's, it's, you know, building the community, supporting the community is a big part of what we do. So it's, it's great to see, and it's great to see the kind of, the kind of turnout we got for that, and the kind of uh, activity and excitement we got for the, uh, the CS100 this year. Uh, and we're doing some cool stuff with the CS100, so so stay tuned. Uh, we'll have we'll have more things to talk about uh, uh, later this quarter and, and into next year. Um, all right, so get those uh, getting more questions you want upvoted into the uh, uh, into Slido. The first question that's clearly on the top of many people's minds at the top of the list: Does it make sense to group success and customer support under the same org? Uh, and or to have a technical role in the success team, pros and cons to this. Anybody want to jump in? I definitely have my opinions on this. Not that I, you know, I never have a, I, I know I'm, I'm not one to usually have an opinion, uh, but uh, I'd, I'd rather hear from, from other folks. Let's, let's start with, uh, with Steve. Steve Corsal, is it Corsal or is it Corsali? Uh, Corsal. Corsal. Thank you, Steve. No problem. Unless you're Italian, it's Corsali by default, but you know, we Americanize things here. So, Hey, it's Steve with Corsali. <laughs> I got it. There you All go. right, Steve, what do you got? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've always worked in the tech industry uh, and in cybersecurity now, um, you know, finding that um, customer success uh, has its place in just about every facet, right? So um, for me, uh, I've always worked hand in hand with engineering, technology, technical resources. So to, for, for my, my opinion, I think if you're a tech company uh, or have tech in uh, some part of your process, I think it makes sense. Um, you may not have the need for more than a couple, uh, but having those experts that you know, not only have this technical background and technical capabilities, but also have a customer success uh, background or at least an aptitude to be able to uh, talk and engage a customer to me is invaluable. I think they're probably one of the best tools that you can have. And uh, everywhere I go, I try to macro make uh, 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 that sort of role if it's not in existence uh, or try to find people that have that natural aptitude and I'll sort of just kind of guide them into that role even if they don't realize it. Um, but for uh, for my organization, our enterprise customers really need to have somebody that can do everything. And from you know standpoint of, of technology and cybersecurity especially, um, having a, uh, a TSM, a technical success manager, to me is, is key. So I think if, if you have the capability and the, and the, the people to do it, um, absolutely, it makes sense because that, that role can fit in just, I mean, it's like the Swiss Army knife of, of your your toolkit if you need one. Um, and that's, that's like an overlay, right? That's somebody who's supporting 
your entire customer or a group yes. that's supporting the entire customer base. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, um, we have to specialize into a smaller group, like um, our largest enterprise customers. Um, so they'll focus on them. They'll be assigned maybe eight, 10, 15 of those accounts in addition to some other work, but um, focusing on them, prioritizing them, making sure that um, those customers are, are well taken care of is, is key. And having them not have to always go to a support resource or, or an engineering resource for everything uh, is huge. They, customers love this. They love being able to work with somebody that um, you know, may not know everything, but knows enough to get them through the day-to-day -day, uh, issues that they may be seeing, um, or at least knowing that their issues are going to get taken care of by this person because they know them, they trust them, they trust their skill set, and, and they rely on them. So. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate the, the input on that. Uh, Matt, my friend Matt Vidala, who I met at the last GGR. Uh, how you doing, man? Good, sir. How are you? How are you, my favorite, favorite Goodfellow fan? <laughs> or right. as we said last, as we said last week, we are definitely staying cool. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, what, what do you got to say for this? Yeah, no. It's, I, first and foremost, Steve, I cannot thank you. Absolutely, cannot thank you enough for the mentions that you dropped there. You know, definitely having success people as your Swiss Army knife, as the people who are there to, you know, really let your engineers specialize on what they do, really let your support people specialize on what they do. However, to be that, you know, that presence, that I know you presence and be there in front of the customer, I think it's a great position as has been echoed throughout many of the communities to be really housed well under a chief customer officer um, and then keep that in line with support and other customer facing teams. Um, to then really liaise with those who may be with a chief product officer, chief idea, whatever, you know, what have you on the product side of things. And then as customer success will do, then just be the, you know, have that Swiss Army tool to say, hey, I can fit in here and go over to another department. I can go over here and go to another department. So maybe the, the, the people out there, the, the millions of voices of customers that our organizations have may not have direct access to those people, but they have their liaison who can very efficiently and well speak to the varying departments because that's what they do. They had to speak to the customer, speak customer language, but then also speak the proper internal language. I always like to view them as a great moderator um, and say, um, sorry. And you're, and you're, and of course you're a fan of, uh, I, I'm assuming you're, you're a fan of, of customer support being under that is, is part of that. And what you're saying is customer support is that part of that customer success organization. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so I was saying early on, you know, I definitely yeah. have all of them housed under that yeah. Yeah. chief customer vertical. So definitely keep them together. Right. Um, but yeah, and you know, I've seen a lot of mention of, you know, distinguishing the two. And yeah, you definitely want to distinguish the two because you don't want to overwork your success people with tickets. But yes. you definitely want to keep them very well knit because they really make I think probably one of the most unstoppable teams in SAS today. Great. Thanks, Matt. And yeah, it's, it's the, the support success. They're all part of the same objective of helping the customer achieve their, their, their desired outcomes. So uh, they should be in lockstep. They should be, I mean, my, my, my opinion is they should be part of the same team. Would love to hear if, if there's anybody out there that, that disagrees with that. Um, Paul uh, Giovacini. Close enough. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. So um, to answer, the question doesn't make sense to group them together. I think it makes sense depending on the stage of your company and the resources you have available. Um, I'm at a, uh, we've had like our C funding and that's about it. So we're bootstrapped, which means we do everything. So right now our support and our success are all under one, um, one organization. But um, as we grow and as we scale up, 
uh, our goal is to really split those up because our focuses and our KPIs are going to be two different in two different kind of segments. Yes, the, the overall arching goal is for us to have a successful customer, but uh, our ideology is success is really driving like um, results and adoption and making sure our customer is successful where support is making sure the product is functional. So we want to make sure that uh, maybe implementation is part of support. So time to launch is decreased, which your customer success manager might not have those abilities to shorten that time where a more technical support role will, or like a dedicated onboarder. Same with, uh, you don't want to confuse the roles of customer success and support. You know, success wants to have business outcomes versus support is making sure again, uptime functionality and SLAs, that sort of thing. So you want to make sure the customer knows who to go to on the team while the team has that collective successful goal for that. So net net, it depends. It depends what your, what your product is, what your platform is, how technical your customers are, where you're at in your own, the evolution of your own company, where your customers are at the evolution of their company. It's one of those, once again, one of those, it depends. You can say yes to any of these questions. Or no. Yeah, and I, I, my personal uh, opinion is to split them up because I want to have a, um, I want the customer to know what roles serve the purpose. And I don't want a customer going to a CSM for a support ticket when, you know, our support team is more capable to handle them and close that ticket a lot faster. Um, Got it. Okay. And that, once again, that makes sense for you and your, your situation. So, the, the, but, but the, the, the point here is, yeah, there's no, there's no cookie cutter approach to this. Right, but just make sure you're thinking. You know, you're, you're considering all of these elements that are being discussed. That's that's the key. Um, cool. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Effie, uh, we got Effie, Marcus, Bertle, and Alex, and then we're going to move on to the next uh, our next topic. So, so I uh, I definitely agree about uh, regarding the uh, Swiss Army knife approach to a customer success manager. However, we have to really be careful that they don't turn into just a corkscrew or just a screwdriver or whatever, because that's that's really the the danger there. Um, I do have to say that whether it's part of the customer success department or not really depends, like Steve said, are you a technology company or, or not? So I'd say like in a regular sort of B2C organ, uh, SaaS company, you probably can get away with an all-in-one. Uh, support really takes the role of how do I, or where's the button, or there's a, there's a, you know, there's a page that's not working or something like that. And a more uh, complicated technological product that's usually a B2B, um, support is break fix. And for break fix, they have to have a very close relationship with your R&D department. And while in my own organization and also in the past ones that I've been um, at, the success, uh, support does sit under success. I'm starting to see little hints of perhaps it's better for them to sit under R&D because they're the ones with the direct line of new version releases, something doesn't work, there are bugs, they're not gonna interact with the success department. They're gonna, they're gonna communicate and they're gonna use us as a liaison with a customer, but they're really clo- most closely working with R&D. So I'm starting to consider uh, going into next year to perhaps uh, split that part. We could work together, we could consider it like being cousins, but they'll sit under another department. I think but- it may be much more efficient that way. So, so, so I'm, I'm going to challenge you on this one, Effie, is, mm-hmm. is uh, you, you can still have support working with R&D, but shouldn't support be a check and balance for your engineering organization? And do you, do you uh, uh, mitigate the uh, effectiveness of their ability to be that check and balance of engineering if they're under the engineering department? So Something to think about. Not- yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the statistics that we can get from support is to see a common denominator, where the most bugs, where the most difficulties, and that sort of thing. But they're not the ones that, are, that in our organization, at least, they're not supposed to QA the, uh, you know, the code. They're just supposed to 
manage, you know, manage fixing it. So the QA department is sort of checking balances in my organization. Okay. Yeah. And that may, that once again, I just want you to just throwing that out there because I've had a situation, I've been part of a situation before where support was under engineering and uh, because of the organ, the way it was organized and the challenges that the engineering organization was having in releasing quality. And to your point, there's the QA piece as well, but you know, they were, they, they were successful at, at masking some of the problems that, that uh, customers were experiencing because that check and balance wasn't there because it was all under the head of engineering. So yeah, that's something to think about. Point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, thank you for, for contributing. Um, Marcus, what do you got? Sure. Uh, I'm going to follow up on what Effie said as well. Um, I agree that with B2C or non-technical products, uh, I think support definitely should be underneath uh, customer success because it is so customer facing and you want to make sure that uh, the communication styles are customer friendly with technical products. I'm going to take it from a different angle in the fact that as a manager, when you look at a customer support individual and their career path, typically they're looking to go in one of two directions, becoming a sales engineer or moving into engineering. Uh, usually customer support is a stepping stone for them. And it is really challenging, I find, as a customer success manager to manage someone who is extremely technical and looking to get into even greater technical expertise. So as a person who is looking to develop my team and move them you know, in their career, it is really ch- it's more challenging, I think, if, you, if they're under a customer success manager or director or whatever it may be versus under someone in the engineering uh, team, which will help guide them more in the direction of their career. So those are my quick thoughts on why I think they should be a little bit separate and under engineering more just from the professional career aspects. I, I think However, that's- I will say there should be heavy involvement by customer success in working with them so that we don't have those issues of communication styles and, you know, product that is, uh, hiding uh, certain elements of uh, customer issues uh, as they continue to move forward. And I, I think that's a, and I think that's a fair point. Uh, but I, I also believe that there are things that customer success managers, uh, customer success training, customer success methodologies that um, folks in support can learn and take advantage of regardless of how technical your, your solution is. And I, I've been right there with you. I've worked in, in, mm-hmm. in low tech uh, uh, with low tech products and I've worked with really technical platforms as well. And, and, and there's, n- and, and I find there's, n- there's nothing wrong. I found there's nothing wrong with taking a, a, a more customer success focused type of approach, even if you even if you're in a, a, a technical role. So, I, I agree. I mean, the, the training should still be equal in terms of as you are customer facing that, you know, you should be getting those additional trainings to ensure that you're well-rounded as a support individual. Excellent. Um, thank you, Marcus, for that contribution. Before I get to Bertle, um, uh, we're probably only going to have time for, for one, more, one more question after this. So if you, you want to upvote anything, uh, take a look at the, um, at the Slido, please. And because uh, uh, right now uh, uh, we've only got a, like I said, we've only got a few more minutes. So uh, Bertle, share with us your wisdom, sir. Well, while being French, I'm going, to be, I'm, going to, I'm going to try to be straight to the point. Sorry, I'm on my, my third coffee this morning. Um, so I think we, I don't think there is a bad or good answer. 
I think that I agree with the evolution from startup to a large enterprise. Uh, but I think the most important is really to keep in mind what customer success is as a growth engine for an enterprise. And the second thing um, is focusing on the client's point of view. Do, does your client want to have multiple people? Hi, I am the BD person who brought the client. Hi, I'm the salesperson who is working with the client. Hi, I'm the customer success, the engineer, the technical support, the admin, the finance team, the marketing team. I need to pick your brand on your product. So I feel that we, it's really quickly getting really noisy. And uh, I think having a customer success leading all of these vertical underneath and connecting people and said, hey, Andrew, as a client, thank you for your business. I know you have a technical issue. What is the big picture of this technical issue? What are you trying to accomplish? And then we can align that with the right technical person because we understand the outcome. Andrew, you have, um, you submitted a ticket. What is it about? What is the big picture? What are you trying to achieve? Uh, I want to connect you with our marketing team. We are improving our services. We want to make sure that we align with what is top of mind. What is top of mind for you, Andrew? And having one voice within the company helps to navigate the whole thing. This is what I'm doing with Gartner. It can be really loud at Gartner because you have so many people jumping on the client mm -hmm. and I'm just holding everyone back and said, you, whenever, Andrew, you have a question, I am your go-to person. Ask me the question and I'm going to dive into the rabbit hole on your behalf and get back to you within 12 hours. Thank you. And I think this and is I, what we need to keep on. And I appreciate that. And you, you bring up some really valid points. Um, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, once again, I think it's a depends situation mm -hmm. and what you're dealing with in your company, very different um, to a platform company or a, or, or a homogenous application. But I want to point out that Bertle was the first person that spoke up and talked about what's the customer's perspective. Right. And I, and I think it's really important that we're always trying to employ. I mean, we, we are, uh, our, our jobs are, are full of EQ, right? And empathy is such an important part of our role, right? Whether we're dealing with uh, um, other internal folks, right? Understand when, we're, when we're, we're working with other teams and we're understanding what motivates them, but same thing with our customers, right? So, so we, we can think that these are all the greatest ideas and, uh, and, 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 and organizational uh, decisions that we're making uh, based on our perception of what is needed, but there's nothing that should be stopping us from asking the customer what kind of experience they want, right? So, so always keep that in mind. And, and so last but not least, Alex, you've had your hand up virtually for a long time. I, Once I, I, I learned how to do it. To <laughs> yes. Yeah. First time caller, uh, first time listener. So, Hey everybody, I, I can share exactly what, what I did in, in my organization. And it was, you know, right to what Bertle said, it's what is your customer telling you you need to do? And what is your business survival and, and, and net metrics telling you that you need to do? So great points made by everyone, won't recap them. Um, in, in regard to my situation, I had a relationship management team that needed to become much more an executive aligned advisor to, uh, to our clients communicating value. And we had a very complex SaaS product, but we were also pretty service rich. We offered managed services for which SaaS was the vehicle. So the real challenge that we needed to solve was we needed progressive disclosure in teaching our own client success executives how to use the technology. And then it would take time for them to learn about all of the situations and best practices through which they would have a conversation with a client about how to utilize it. So I laid over two technical client success exec roles, people who had come from sales support and then also a previous relationship manager who was very tech savvy, who could dive into the best practices on the different modules and what they needed to do, their challenge was to knit that together into a consulting engagement with clients. So I needed to get client success execs more proficient on the technology and the is does means conversation. Our support team does the 
I, I forget who said this. I think it was Effie. Um, how do I, and we needed to be the what if people. So what if you need to do this? And we had a lot of turnover within our accounts, a lot of executive change. And many of you know what executive change equals turnover of your client. Yeah, so risk. Uh, we would sit down and go do engagements, whether it was virtual or on site and walk through the realm of possibilities to a technical level while keeping it, you know, realm of possibilities conversation. But that the typical client success exec wasn't proficient with that, but they could watch and learn. And then I had these same two individuals do very pointed topical webinars on, you know, let's say it was recruiting using our solution, or if it was compensation or time and labor management. So they would get very focused and do best practice lunch and learns to hit the other 80% of the population of our clients because they were focused on the highest revenue clients. Um, so that's, you know, that, that, that was how we leveraged those two. And since they saw the highest risk clients, new exec who often says, your system doesn't work. Well, it just doesn't work like the one you had experience with before our system, but let us consult with you on what you want to accomplish and show you how it works. Um, they could take all of that insight back to the product team and tell them, this is what we're hearing from clients. If we want to retain enterprise clients, these are the themes that we're hearing. So that was my experience. Again, complex, SaaS, but also managed services and, and, and problems we were trying to solve. High exec turnover, low exec engagement, and a team that wasn't proficient yet on the technology. Well, your, your system doesn't work response is also a great, is a great opening um, to better understand what your customer's definition of success is and, and also should be leading you back to, you know, based off of what, what, what you hear, should be leading back to marketing and sales, right? They're saying our system doesn't work. Well, are these the ideal customer profiles that we mm -hmm. should be going after? Or is there a reason why we're going after somebody where there's such a mismatch? Um, so anyways, thank you. All, all valid, valid points. Um, all right, we've got like seven minutes left. So real quick, let's, let's throw one, else, one more on here. What reporting do you do for your board based on CS-related numbers, activities, and focus? So what do you talk to your board about when you're in those board meetings? What, what is it typically? Who's been, in a, who's been out there in a board meeting, wanna share with the group, um, you know, the top, top two or three metrics, in, information, activities, focus that you, that you share with your board. Jay, you, you had your hand raised. Yeah, I can, I can speak to this. I actually have a board meeting today that I've been preparing for. It's like a midterm board meeting, but. I see I your think, dress for it, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I've got, yeah, I got a shirt I'm going to change in. Going all natural? Are you going to put some makeup on or? <laughs> I'll put pants on for that one. You put pants um, on, okay. So, um, yeah, so what we're reporting out right now is our, is our overall retention numbers for the year and in our Q4 forecast for retention. But even more than that, like what are the key things that are causing issues for us in retention and what are we doing about them? So, you know, what tends to happen in board meetings is that you get very focused on new business that, that tends to come first in a lot of board meetings. Um, and then everything gets compressed and then customer falls somewhere in the middle. So the idea is to make a big impact talk about the things that are working and the things that are not working and just be real clear and honest with, the, with those things that you're working on because nobody believes you when you say everything is good. Um, so we look at metrics, we look at the, the, the changes in terms of, uh, or the metrics in terms of how the support team is performing, driving customer experience from that angle, how the CSMs are engaging with the customers, driving customer outcomes from that angle, um, how the implementation team, but at a very, very high level. So the challenge I think a lot of us have is we have too many metrics and not enough impact in each one of the metrics. And so very high level, how many tickets are in our backlog? How many customers have we touched in the past 30 days? What does that mean for our retention rates? And what do we expect them to be in the next 90 days? That's what I'm reporting today. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jay. Patty? 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, and, and again, a lot of what, what Jay just said, um, and, and a lot of just the numbers there, churn, renewal, retention, forecasting, and then where it actually went. Uh, the only other thing that I was going to add is we, we always do a, a, a 30 day sort of push. And we, we always try different things. You, you always need to be, okay, we're, we're going to tweak the renewal. We're going to tweak uh, how we're outreaching to some customers that, that we, we don't have the, the recurring calls that we want. And so all CSMs for 30 days try what we're doing. And then we, we report back on what that did to get us back into the door, get us back to be re-engaged. Uh, and, and it really shows the, the board at the same time that we are consistently and constantly uh, evolving and, and becoming better and creating a better customer experience. So, and that kind of, um, uh, that actually dovetails nicely into this kind of add-on question I have is, is, is does anybody surface uh, what would be considered leading indicators? I mean, I heard, I heard a bunch of trailing indicators or what I, what I call, what I like to refer to as vanity metrics, right? Churn and NPS and indications of things that have happened. But what about things that we're doing that have an effect on those trailing indicators, on, the, on those vanity metrics? Uh, I, I would love to hear anybody's input on that. Thank you, Patty. David. Yeah, so, so what, one of the two things that I was going to mention is a leading indicator. The first one I was going to mention was customer sentiment. We not only share quantitative, but qualitative. So we want to pinpoint some key verbatims from high-value customers so that the board really understands what the customer sentiment is at, the, at that point in time. The one other thing that I would say is a leading indicator that I didn't hear anybody mention yet is we also include roadmap items that require future investment so that the board understands where the market is going and where the customers want to take our business so that they see the best outcomes. Uh, and if we, don't, if we don't invest in the roadmap items that the customers want, that's a leading indicator that they're going to go find those somewhere else. That's a good point. Thank you, David, for that. Uh, Boaz, um, I, 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 re I agree, but I, I don't on your, your point in the chat. Um, the, I, yes, they don't care what, about what you do, but there are the some- ball, The ball doesn't care about, the ball, the ball doesn't care about what you do, right? You, you are there to do a job, right? Y yes, but, like, they want, but, but they want- I don't care what the CSM does in a call. That's their job. My, my job is to make them effective, right? <laughs> what the board wants to know is that if they give you another dollar, would they give you, would you give back more than that? They want to know that the impact that you can, you, you're the manager, right? You're the executive. You're supposed to use the investment well. Show them that the impact of the investment in you is going to yield results. They don't care about the details. They trust you if you show them that you can make the right results. If you're able to articulate how you're going to best use the investment, saying, I'm going to invest in this tool and create this performance. I'm going to invest in these three people and get that performance. They'll give you that money. And if not, they'll find someone else to do it. How you do it, that's your job. Fair point, fair point. Fair point. Some, I, I would, would, would say, though, that some, some boards want to know how you're spending the money, so you need to justify it. Oh, absolutely. I think, absolutely. It's, good. Yeah. I think it's good to sprinkle in a little bit of the leading indicator because it just adds credibility to what you're doing, right? I made this said. decision to go this direction, right. and here's the result of it. Yeah, that's, but at the end of the day, is, right, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's got to be quick to the point, talk, yeah. speak with authority, right? So I get into really more how you talk in these things rather than the specifics of what's presented. And I know that sounds terrible, but you got to have the right metrics, but you got to say it the right way. Yeah, you have a great experience and you educate your board. You don't think about them as uh, somebody who's coming down on you because they don't know the details. A lot of times the boards are 
they're financial folks. They've heard stuff from other companies, but they're not operators like we are. So exactly. tell them what yeah. you're doing, tell them how you're doing it, keep it high level, build their trust, educate them, and you'll have references for life from board members is my experience. Can I, can I make one comment on what you said, Jay? I totally agree with you. I would just very strongly suggest people to do it in the exact reverse order. Start with the impact on the business and then explain how you get them. If you start with the leading goals and the actions and the activities, by the time you get to the results, they are somewhere else, right? Think about how sales, which is perfecting this to, you know, to, a, to, a, to an end, right, are doing this. It starts with how much money we make for the business. It's the ROI on the incremental sales person, right? That's how it all starts. Give me this investment, I'll give you these results. We should do the same. How are we going to do that? Good question, let me show But you have to start with, this is the impact. Go do a Google search on Taltz Fani in CS Summit 2015 or 16, made an absolutely phenomenal presentation about the difference between a VP of CS and a chief customer. Go watch that uh, YouTube video, you'll find it somewhere, you'll see the difference in, are we talking about what we do or are we talking about the impact of what we do? Fantastic. What, what a great fun. ending. What a, what a perfect way to, to sign this off, Boaz. I love that. And I appreciate, we're gonna go find that clip. I'm gonna go throw it into the community because Matt Moskowski just promised everyone he's going to go post this in the community so that we can continue the discussion, which I uh, appreciate, Matt, trying to get everybody, everybody back in there. Um, Andrew, appreciate your time today and um, helping us facilitate, as always. Um, I think you're, you know, your uh, confidence exudes you. You're, uh, I was hoping for some more Zoom backgrounds, but maybe that'll be next time. Maybe some goats, uh, other things. If you want but, the goats, you want the goats, I'll bring the goats next time. <laughs> uh, but Andrew, appreciate your time and help here. Uh, a couple of things to end just real quick. We are uh, two, I don't even want to, subcommittees, whatever you would like to call them. We are looking at what we should do about uh, job postings on the community and how we help facilitate and uh, nurture some of those connections that we can make. Um, great story about Stacy Ward finding a CSM through the community. Uh, I've known Stacy now for a year, which is really fun. Um, so, you know, if you want to join that, shoot me an email, jbrunsbach at hirelogic.com. If you can't spell my last name, go find me on LinkedIn. Uh, the second piece is we have a follow-up to our committee about our CS leadership office hours and what we're gonna be doing November moving forward. If you wanna join that, shoot me an email. Uh, I'm always looking for feedback. Uh, hopefully everyone knows this about me by now, but uh, if you give me feedback, we're gonna to respond to it. Uh, Jay can attest to this. <clears throat> We've had multiple people talk about things we're trying to adjust on the website. We're trying to do with office hours. So uh, any feedback, good or bad, always welcome. Shoot me an email uh, or send it by carrier pigeon, whichever is easier for you. And um, if there's, Anything else? Uh, I did throw a link in there for a survey monkey. I'll send that out as an email. Um, if not, we will see you guys either on Tuesday for CSM office hours or next Thursday for CS leadership office hours. Uh, you know where to find us. Congratulations to everyone in the top 100, the top 25. We just skirted this in with one minute to go. I hope everyone has a great day. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you again next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.